This is Game Theory, a podcast about competition, strategy, and decision-making, hosted by me, Nick, and my brother, Chris. In this episode, we rank our choices. The vast majority of American elections work the same way. It's simple. The candidate with the most votes wins. But there are alternative ideas on how elections can work, including something called rank choice voting. In this rank choice system, a voter ranks their preferred candidates, say one through six. If your first choice gets the least amount of votes, that candidate is eliminated. And then your second choice becomes your first choice. The idea behind the system is to make the decision-making process more pure for voters. Ideally, you'd vote for who you wanted to win, not who you thought could beat the other guy. And while this seems like a great idea on the surface, there are issues. See, there are places right here in the U.S. that have used this style of voting for a while, and they have hiccups almost all the time. It's not as easy for people to understand. The technology makes it more difficult, and perhaps most troubling of all, the most extreme candidates benefit, rather than the more moderate ones. Welcome, episode nine six of Game Theory podcast competition strategy decision making, where boring is hot. Get your merch at our store today, JK. It's not up yet, but we are going to sell boring is hot merch, and you will know like that person. They understand that boring is hot. And Chris, um, the missus and I just took our holiday photos, and I have this shirt. I will uphold it up to the camera. I got it at Dollywood. It's like Hollywood, but Dollywood's like a theme park in Tennessee. Makes and sense. Look, it says, and, you're not, a, and you're not talking about... Tis the season of Dolly. It's on the camera. You can watch it on YouTube.com. Tis the season to be Dolly. That's Dollywood, not to be confused with Bollywood. There she is. Not to be confused with Bollywood, which is in, I think, uh, Indianapolis, right? Yeah, Indianapolis. <laughs> that's where that's where Bollywood oh, is from, for sure. Oh, God. <clears throat> okay, well, I can't believe you took your Christmas photos looking like that. We got a new pup. So the thing about the photos is that the pup will be the star of the photos. She is a rescue who is incredibly well trained and knows that if you're going to sneak on the couch, you got to do it when the grown-ups are not around and then she gets caught on the couch and has to go to her crate. She's like, "Oh, I would never jump on the couch." And then she comes downstairs in the morning and she's on the couch. And I'm like, "Oh, that's crazy." Oh. Crazy. That's really smart. Yeah. I'm glad you got you have yet another occupant of the house who is far more intelligent than you are. No, no question about that. Also, okay, so the 100th episode is coming, and the 100th episode, remember, requires homework from both of us where we're going to go through and we're going to quiz each other on things that we should have learned from doing this podcast because occasionally I'll look through our catalog and be like, oh, my God, do you remember that episode? And some of them were like only a couple yeah. weeks ago. And that's why some of this sounds a little repetitive at times, I think, because we forget we're so hot, by which I mean we're so boring, so bo- <laughs> that we forget what we say. We, we forget what we're talking about. Oh, God. I know. Like, um, So the, the first episode we did this year was the George Washington battle blunder, the Battle of Princeton, and how he baited people into Princeton. Remember that? that was a good, that was a good one. So we're going to go through all of our episodes that we've ever done for our 100th episode, which is coming up. That's going to coincide or be a little bit after the first of the year which will put a nice bow on things. And yeah, it's going to be great. And, and part of this is, is Spotify Wrapped came out. If you have us on your Wrapped, that's amazing. And get a life. Uh, boring is hot. You must be the hottest person yes. alive if you have us on your, on your Spotify Wrapped. But for creators, we get Wraps as well. And we noticed that the vast, vast, vast majority of our audience joined us in the last calendar year, which is incredible. We respect that. I will say clearly... Into the mic, Seattle has always been our number one city. And if you want them, if you want your city to get a shout out, make your friends listen right now. Because Seattle, you would expect our, our two, three, and four cities are, are New York, LA, and DC. And that tracks, but per capita, Seattle has been out in front the whole time. And we know exactly zero people in Seattle other than Player Three. I think I did meet some people from Seattle <laughs> this weekend. Did you? And how was that? Well, they, they just moved to Seattle ah. in the last six months. Yeah, it was uh, about like you'd expect. Yeah. 
they said, well, we don't know the city very well. It's <laughs> tough to make a read on it because we've only been there about six months. And we said, oh, yeah, that's great. Sure. And we, we really struggled to continue making small talk. Uh, I suppose because we hadn't taken the how to do small talk training course. Yes. And I think we've mentioned this before. And if we haven't, the Wall Street Journal yep. is reporting that there are community colleges teaching people how to do small talk. And it's, but the generation of Generation Z and millennials, I'm saying in air quotes, are starting to realize how disconnected everyone is and really yearn for the 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 years of, of old. A um, lot of lot of stuff on TikTok and Twitter lately about third places and people are freaking out about the death of third places, libraries, meeting halls, the Elks Club, something and even beyond even bars. If you notice and you and you partake in, in alcohol, you'll notice bars have started to have like board games and themes and parties and things. And there's the rise of mocktails and non-alcoholic beer and alcohol is re- non-alcoholic alcohol, non-alcoholic drinks. Has really taken off. So this this idea that we're we're trying to bowling alone, I think people are taking it literally, and they are not. They don't want to bowl alone anymore. So I think I, I think we play a small part in that, just like a wee little bitty, just a baby little part in that. Just like a well, little bit. You know, there's a little bit of irony that's that comes with seeing this kind of stuff on social media, like especially like the TikToks and the and the the ones that really are just a pit of time spent by somebody kind of just like staring at a screen and kind of getting like the fast food equivalent of content shoved into their face. Yeah. It th- The reason that those places are dying is that people are spending their free time scrolling on their phones. Yeah. The reason those places have been dying for decades is that people moved to the suburbs, bought expensive cars and started watching TV as their number one activity. Mm-hmm. The reason those places are dying is the exact medium in which people are bemoaning the death of those places. You want to go, you want a solution? Put down the phone. Yeah, it's that interesting means stop because listening to us. Stop what you're doing right now. <laughs> go find your friends. Go find something Make interesting. Make them to do. listen to the Maybe show talk together. About, that's right. Talk about the show. Discuss the yes, show. Right. Have every have all of your friends listen to it. Listen to this episode. Then go to a third place, like a library or a bar. Speak quietly but respectfully if you're in a library, or boisterously and enthusiastically if you're in a bar, and chat about it. But uh, yeah, talking about it on the phones and telling all the other TikTokers like, oh no, the the death of third places is coming. Like, well, you know, I don't know. Been the people who are watching those kind of TikToks are probably okay with the death of third places because they wouldn't have known about it if they hadn't seen that TikTok. Yeah, and well, the other thing is that you remember the Truman Show? You've seen the Truman Show, the movie, and like people are like, we're living in the Truman, the Truman Show, Show now. It's like everyone has cameras on other people constantly. The end of the Truman yeah. Show is really poignant yeah. because he leaves and then people shut their TV offs and I, I shut their TVs, TVs off. And I think we're kind of at that moment where people are starting to shut their TVs off. Now, I have expertise in podcasting and I will say that it is a, it's a completely separate medium and that it's a lot more inclusive and it's a different thing and it doesn't melt your brain. It's similar to obviously listening to a book on audio or reading a book in that there's a part of your imagination going so it's not quite as detached TV and videos, they have they stimulate two of your biggest and most important senses simultaneously, and nothing else really does that. And that's why it's able to shut your brain off, but also why you feel a sense of loneliness. I mean, how many people eat in front of the TV so they can feel like they have friends? But instead of doing that, uh, eat in front, uh, eat on your 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 dining room table and listen to listen to us uh, Google stuff. Or you can find out about us on YouTube. YouTube, yeah, and. Check out that channel. Yeah. You don't have to watch the YouTube, but you can play it there. And that's actually These are true. just some of the options. These are just one of the many options that you have to, to talk I'm about game through. And, so and you know, really, do, like, I'm, I'm kind of being you know, tongue-in-cheek here a little bit, but I really do think that there's some value in just, like, this kind of conversation and stuff. Like, the reason that we keep bringing this stuff up, the yep. reason that this sort of social set of social issues is so prevalent in our podcast is that, like, I think we... We on this podcast believe that that's a real serious problem. We got to do something about it. Yeah. And in the digital age, this kind of is, in some ways, it's like, this is our way of you know, trying to trying to help solve the problem and not add to the uh, to the death of third places or trying to uh, further isolate people. We want to bring people together. And and I have think conversation. that we, we will like we will be more reflective on our hundredth episode. But yeah, that was like a start. Is a, I mean, in the description that you can get on Apple Podcasts, it's a bar coffee shop conversation it's not we're not experts and we don't portend to be and neither of us have any ambitions of going to economics school to learn game theory we understand the competition is interesting and there are some conundrums so we do it and then there are people that know a lot more about it than us and they email us um, and they say thank you sometimes and sometimes they say that thing about the money hall problem is wrong but really is right (laughs) Uh, yeah, they, some people say thank you. Other people say that other thing you. Yeah, I think some and some other some people are like, man, you guys would be great undergrads. <laughs> <laughs> 
but like the 200 yeah, if you're uh, if you're an undergraduate in college and you found us uh, let us know leave a comment and i i apologize for not helping you prepare for your exam in advance okay speaking of preparing for exams let's get into today's topic it is voting wow, alternatives and rank choice voting so this is what kind of prompted this we had a big i guess to do in college football over the weekend there are 12 there's a supreme court of college football and they decide who's important enough to try to play for the national championship and one team got screwed and one team didn't and simultaneously someone got screwed but everyone's like but it was the right thing for those guys to get screwed and whatever we're not no 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 i'm stopping you right there it was it it is not like that everybody thinks oh this is this is the right thing no everybody who is not being paid by espn or a contrarian recognizes that this whole system is a sham because a team that won every single one of its contests against the tough against the top level of competition in college football they were denied in favor of not one but two teams who failed to win all of their contests. Texas is the one it's as simple as that. Um, the, the, the the college football invitational is based on television ratings and who is likable. Now, when you're giving out postseason awards like the Heisman Trophy, recognizing college football's most outstanding player, subjectivity is the only measure that uh, that matters. Yeah. It's not a statistics contest. It's a what do the voters think? The sport, the actual games that matter on the field, like the the, the the contest to see which football team can score more points during a designated period than the other football team, that shouldn't have any kind of subjective judgment into it. But the problem that we're butting up against is that the system is broken, financial interests rule the day, and this is nonsense. So ranked choice voting shouldn't have any effect at all, really, on the whole sports well, aspect so of it. The, but it does. We've talked about this in the past, and the thing with college football that's a conundrum, and it's the only sport like this that i found in the world, is that the question that you're asking is they're trying to answer two questions at the same time with one system, and as a result of that, they can't figure out what they're doing. And what I mean by that is all North American team sports play a regular season and then a playoffs, and the playoffs are inherently... They're on. They're factually unfair to the teams that were over successful in the regular season. However, everybody understands that the goal isn't to crown the best team. The goal is to crown the gladiatorial champion, and as a result of that, there's a regular season and a playoff. In Europe, for soccer and rugby specifically, they're looking to crown the best team, the true champion, not the one that runs the gauntlet, but the the champion, the best team. And to do that, they've set up a system that has less, I guess, anticipation and less... Uh, climax and drama but is significantly inarguably more fair for crowning the best team college football is the only one that is trying to create a playoff gladiator situation like in north american pro sports and also crown the best team like in european soccer and as a result of that and this is i'm going to be very clear with everyone this is going to continue to happen i don't care if they expand the college football playoff to 90 teams until they figure out what fucking question they're trying to answer they're going to keep doing this uh, forever and ever and ever, and people are going to be screwed. But the result, the, the reason we're getting into this is we're talking about voting today. The original college football system was that a bunch of journalists who had access to stats and data and things that everyone else didn't. Because back in the day, you watched your local your local school, or maybe you were in an area like Detroit or Dallas, and you had access to five or six local schools, and you watched them, and then you would hear rumors about, you know, the uh, the beast in the east, you know, Syracuse with, um, or it was. Ernie something and Jim Brown were back-to-back running backs for them. And there's a bunch of rumors you get to play each other. And the journalist's job was to help decide who the best teams in the country were. They would vote. Those teams would play in a bowl. And then there would be a champion. Everyone votes. All of the votes are different, though, because it's been forever, Chris, in college football and other sports. You vote in the top 25. So you rank your top 25 teams. And there's a point system where the first place vote getter for you gets a ton of points. And then the second place gets a few less points and then third and so on and so on. So if, if you had a team ranked seventh and that guy over there in St. Louis had the, the team ranked 15th and they would bounce out and they would be ranked in, you know, 11th or something. And as a result of that was what college football used to be. And then there were algorithms for about 10 years. And now there's a Supreme Court that just decides things, which is fucking stupid. And as a result of that, nobody knows what they're doing. The other side of voting is what we do for president, which is just like count them up. And then you can say either popular vote or you can say popular vote within a section of a country, which is a state. And that's how they do it. Right. But there have been people and corners of the internet that are like, there is a better way. And that's what we're here to discuss today. (laughs) Yeah. So there are there are a lot of different ways to do 
ballot counting for basic voting systems. It's not just a case of like, well, we'll see what the what the majority wants and call it a day. Like there are, there are a lot of different ways to do that. Uh, I'll tell you about one that we're not really going to entertain here is one that uh, somebody suggested to me, which I, I think represents probably like what's the farthest away we can get from like true representative democracy and still have it be voting. Uh, and that idea is called quadratic voting. You ever heard of that? No, let's talk about that. Well, let's say that. Well, no, let's just get into it now. What the, What is quadratic voting? Well, it's 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 very simple. The The point is that participants in a democracy are allocated a certain budget for votes. So everybody gets at least one vote, but each additional vote is based on how much somebody can pay for it. Uh, the reason it's called quadratic voting is that the people who took like a calculus class in community college came up with this brilliant scheme where they said, well, instead of buying each additional vote at the same price or at a linearly increasing rate, each additional vote will be quadratically more expensive than the previous one. So if your first vote is for free, like everybody should be, then the next vote is, I don't know, $200. But then you square that amount for the next amount. So it ends up being like $4,000 for the second vote. And then you square that again and you get to like $160,000. Explain to me how this is really that different from lobbying. Well, it's uh, that's that's the point yeah. is that it's not. I mean, and the the fundamental flaw is that it, it it's supposed to like be prohibitively expensive. So like, there's supposed to be a, a theoretical ceiling at which like, okay, you can't you can't afford to spend you know three point two million dollars on on votes. But it still ties voting to money, and it still gives people who are more advantaged additional advantages over people who are already not, and it defeats the entire purpose of, of voting. So yeah, that's so. one ex- example of, like, that's an extreme example of ways that people have tried to, like, game the system and treat democracy as though it's, like, some kind of engineering problem where it the, the ideal counting method or the, the ideal data, data accumulation or data cleaning method is going to give us the ideal representative result. And it's not. It takes away the point of voting in the first place. Yeah. But the idea that we're talking about today has a little bit closer of a reflection to like how people generally kind of see candidates. And it's gained some popularity in recent years. Like you said, it's ranked choice voting. And so I'm going to I'm going to quote here from uh, an article from The Hill. So that's a that's a publication that writes about like political affairs and they do some kind of foreign policy and stuff. So this is uh, Nathan Atkinson and Scott Gans who were writing in an op ed last year in October. So this is an off year. This is 2023. Uh, There there were midterms last year for Congress. And so this was right around election season that they would have been writing this. Uh, the headline is uh, the flaw in ranked choice voting rewarding extremists. Mm. So we'll we'll get to that in a little bit, but mm. but let's let's talk about what the what the definition of of ranked choice voting uh, kind of is here. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they they explain here, and I'm I'm quoting directly from the article now. In ranked choice voting, if no candidate gets a majority of the vote, candidates are iteratively dropped from the election. And their support is reallocated among the remaining candidates until one candidate has a majority. So but how, let me read that again. Okay, so yeah, okay, okay, yeah, just go over it again. Ranked choice voting, if no candidate gets a majority of the vote. So that means if there's, you know, 100 votes cast and nobody gets 50 or more, then candidates are iteratively dropped from the election and their support, like support for those people who are no longer in it. Well, that support is reallocated among the remaining candidates until one candidate has a majority. Uh, so here's a, here's a very simple explanation of it. Now, this, this happened to me. Did I tell you about this? No. Yeah. So this happened to me when I went to uh, the American Legion boys nation uh, in the summer of 2009. Ah, yes. I recall. Yes. Yeah, so fun fact, Player 3, if you've ever heard of Boys State or Girls State, the, the civics program that 49 U.S. states have that's in uh, th- that's sponsored by the American Legion or the American Hold Legion on. Auxiliary in the case of Girls State. This program is by the American Legion, which is like essentially veterans, and there are 49 states participating? Who's, yes. the, who's the nerd? Hawaii. Uh, fair enough, I guess. They're... It's very difficult. Yeah, it's very yeah, difficult to, to get something going in a, in a place like that. It's really unfortunate. Sure. But... This this is like a it's basically like a civics program where students who are going into their senior year of high school spend a week together, mostly at a college campus. In Wyoming's case, it was at the Converse County Fairgrounds in Douglas. Mm. And they basically have like a mock government for a week. They put together like a Supreme Court and a legislature and they debate bills and have cases and they do fun stuff together. It's, It's you know, it's like a very camp type of vibe. We did physical like PT with the army or like the Air National Guard that was that was there, uh, but this has a this has a 
corresponding program at the national level. It's called Boys Nation and Girls Nation. So there are 98 young young men and young women who go to Washington, D.C. for a week, and they do like a mock national government. So they have like the mock U.S. Senate, and they break everybody up into these fake political parties, and they have little elections and debate bills. And uh, it's a good thing. It's a, it's a really good civics program. Nick, when I ran for president, this is the exact method of choosing president that we had for that. Yeah, so you went so to D.C. after a, going to becoming second highest nerd in Wyoming. The top two nerds right. got to go to the national nerddom and that was in D.C. Correct. And at, at National Nerdom, you're like, well, I'm only second best in Wyoming, so I'm going to try to be, but that's basically the king of the world. So I'm going to try to be the king nerd yep. among all of these people because what, what do Louisiana and Michigan know about stuff? That's what I've been saying this entire time. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we, we had a really great time there. But the, the way the presidential election worked was like, you know, everybody that wants to put their hat in the ring <laughs> to be president just basically signed up on a sheet of paper. And I, th I think there were like, I don't know, 15 or 16 people out of the 49 who were in each political party. So it's like almost half the, the group of kids. And so they would have the rest of us and everybody who's running vote for who they think is it should be the president. Okay. And it was like a big long list. It's like, okay, all right, we got 17 people running. So here's how the votes break down. And there would be a round of voting and whoever has the few, if, you know, if there's no majority, whoever has the fewest votes gets dropped off. And so at that point it was like one or two people would be voting for these kids. Cause you know, there's only so many votes to go around. So each round they would drop the lowest or the lowest two or three, if there was a tie. And then the next round, the people who had voted for those guys, well, their votes would have to go somewhere else. And so there would naturally come a point where it comes down to basically two people or three people. And when somebody gets a majority, then they get the nomination. Uh, and that's how it works. And it was a, I think it was an effective system for the size of group that we had there because it gave everybody pretty much theoretically an equal chance. And it was a really manageable thing. And I think you know, it, it, it really expedited the process compared to trying to winnow down the field by any other means, by like debate or selection or something else like okay, that. I mean, so it's really the only way to get a group of a people couple who things. don't really know each other. So you're in this group and there are 100 people, right? Two people from each state, around 100 people, because it's not Hawaii, but there is D.C., I would imagine. And well, no, there's not. No. Okay, so whatever. Around 100. No, they, go, they go to the Maryland. They go to the Maryland boys. Oh, state. God. But D.C. should be a state. Okay, listen. So there's about 100 people. <laughs> So there's about, there's about I, 100. I didn't people. say that. If you don't have a university of, you're not a state. Sorry. I think there is. I think there is a, a university of DC. I think it's like a community college. Do they have a football team? No. Okay. Well, Howard then end does. of conversation. I we just had a conversation about it. It's end of conversation. Howard does. There's there's no university of New Jersey either. Yeah, because they renamed it something awesome. Yeah, they named it after a guy. Which Howard also, I think, is named All after All of the states probably. are named after know. a guy, except for the ones that are named after Native Americans and colors. No, no, they're not. There's like one state that's named after a guy. Which ones? Well, they, all of the Washington. entire East Coast is named Washington. after rich, like Windsors and Bourbons and shit. I guess, I guess Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Windsor. Maryland. Mar Virginia. Okay, Maryland. North and South Carolina. Georgia. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I okay. think I proved my point. Check in from this guy. Fine. Anyway, yeah, you're right. there are a handful of states uh, who are, are named after hundred nerds. Explain to me what happens if, let's just say, we'll call you Wyoming, and you obviously get out to a hot start because you weren't eliminated right away. Let's say Correct. New Jersey. Nobody likes New Jersey. One or two guys vote for New Jersey, and then they will deal with the consequences later. They. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Thank you. They, nice. Uh, nice plug. Um, did this the day of my daughter's wedding. The New Jerseyans, the New Jersey guy, he gets dumped off. He takes two votes with him. Who decides where those votes go? Because those people are like, well, we wanted the, the Don of North Jersey to get elected. Now he's gone. And then the other people just fight for them. Like, well, what the hell? I didn't vote for that. I didn't vote for Wyoming. I voted for Jersey. So who decides where they go? Well, the, the ranked choice voting system naturally mathematically breaks it down that way. I mean, even if there was like an equal division among among candidates in theory if there's an odd number of people which there were in this case okay. there were 49 well, then yeah the, then the number of votes is going to be distributed among the number of candidates and so if you're at the bottom like let's say the the, the the top vote getter has like 10 votes and then there's somebody with nine and somebody with seven and somebody with six and a few people with five and like one guy with two then the guy with two he's out yeah and so suddenly he presumably was voting for himself yep and then there was one other person voting for him well then the next round of voting that guy's just no longer a candidate. Sure. And so those two votes, those people still have the right oh, to, so they to vote recast for votes. 
Right. So each so the, the that that's where this this candidates are iteratively dropped from the election. That means that it requires multiple rounds of voting until somebody is given a majority. So you have to do a lot of like voting to get in order to get ranked choice to like fi- identify who is the person who has won. So you got to keep doing rounds and rounds of voting. Okay, so let's just let's use college football as an example. Um and if you're not paying attention to college football, I'll make it simple. They're all abstractions in your mind. It doesn't really matter. Um, so there are six teams, arguably seven. We'll just say for the sake of this argument that there are six teams that are relevant to who should be allowed in the four-team college football national championship playoff or whatever. Those four teams are, for the sake of argument and factually, Michigan, the University of Michigan, the University of Washington, the University of Alabama, the University of Texas, Florida State University, and the University of Georgia. Okay, so let's say the committee, 12 people, nice tight little number, they're like, okay, mm-hmm. let's all cast our votes for the top four. And those six teams presumably get a number of votes. And then the bottom team, let's say in this instance, the bottom team factually is Georgia. So Georgia gets three votes to be in the playoff. And the other teams get more. They're like, okay, well, Georgia's been eliminated. So we don't know where they are, but we know where they're not. They're not in the top four. It's like, okay, Let's do this again. So theoretically, the college football Supreme Court, these 12 random people who have no idea anything about football at all except for watching it, they, which I, who knows if they even really do that, they could theoretically, and that, that's how this would work, right? I mean, it actually wouldn't be a bad idea to do it that way, right? No? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it wouldn't be. It would not be a bad idea to do it that way. But Nick, I know at this point, I know somebody out there is listening to this and saying, hold on a second. Yep. I live in one of the nearly two dozen cities where they have ranked choice voting. I've lived in Cambridge, Massachusetts for years where they've been doing ranked choice voting since like the 2000s. I live in San Francisco where they've been doing ranked choice voting for like 20 years. Right. So they're saying you guys are idiots. That's not how ranked choice voting works. This iterative process. No, no, no. They're not having multiple votes. I cast my ballot one time. I ranked the people in order. Ah. The reason this is called ranked choice voting is that it's a little different from the way that we kind of did things at boys nation recast ballots instead correct so that's what we do it was a true iterative process but so i'm going to elaborate on this so that's like the basic mathematical theory that's the simplest way to explain it and so the way that it works in practice how do you how do you replicate that iterative process on the ballot (laughs) well the way that you do it is by ranking your choices from this is my first choice this is my second choice this is my third choice all the way down the list of candidates which is why they 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 wouldn't want to recall 15,000 people to vote right every Tuesday for six weeks right that's exactly correct so this is a this is a piece of research from the Texas Public Policy Foundation uh, for they, they published this in March this is by author uh, James Quintero and Sam Ennis so they wrote in this analysis of ranked choice voting and, and for the record this is called the case against ranked choice voting okay. this is what they're they're advocating so th- keep that in mind when I give this characterization so they explain how this works when you don't have the luxury of just having multiple elections over and over until you find a winner. So they say, if a candidate receives a majority of first place votes, so that means the majority of the people who cast a ballot in the election put that candidate at the number one spot on their list. If a candidate receives a majority of first place votes, then he or she is declared the winner. If no candidate earns a majority of first preference votes, meaning less than 50% of people put that candidate at number one, then, in that case, the person with the least number of first place votes is eliminated. The first preference votes for this candidate are eliminated, and the affected ballots, so the ones that had that person that got eliminated, that, that picked them number one, well, what happens to them is their second preference vote is now elevated to first preference. So it's like if somebody had voted for me, I get kicked out of the Boys Nation election thing, and then they voted for my boy Kaiser. Shout out to Kaiser, the other Wyoming guy that went in 2009. Mm-hmm. If they voted for him as number two, then suddenly that would count as a new first place vote for Kaiser. And so that's it basically goes up in order from there. Uh, then they say the results are calculated again, and if no candidate still has received a majority of first place votes, then the cycle continues, and they do this iterative process of just looking at where people have ranked the candidates and lopping them off one sick weakling at a time until they have a winner. Yeah, so let's just say theoretically, because I remember ranked choice voting was, and it's, it's, it's hot in the streets right now. NPR just had a report that it could be more, more places could, 
be uh, implementing that. And then we just had an opinion in the Juno Empire for Alaska. Quote, failed election shows why Alaska should repeal ranked choice voting. We'll get into that um, example here in a little bit, or at least the opinion article. But um, mm-hmm. this was a really big deal, or at least conversationally, it was a big deal for the Republican primary in 2016 when Donald Trump won the primary and went on to win the general election because it felt significantly like the vast majority of Republicans did not want Donald Trump to become the Republican nominee. They wanted, but the problem was that they wanted a huge number of other people. Off the top of my head, there were the the three big ones were, or four big ones were John Kasich, the governor of Ohio, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas. There was former uh, Florida governor Jeb Bush, and there was Florida Senator Marco Rubio. But those people, they dispersed enough vote among those four men that Donald Trump was winning the Republican primary with something like 30-something percent of support, but the others had less. So theoretically, the idea was that if you ranked everybody, the theory was that most voters would rank the other four people way ahead of Donald Trump and that he would have been eliminated. But as a re- but what ended up happening was that he just kind of dragged everyone into the muck and got the best, worst score. Like it was nobody won the primary in outstanding fashion. He, he didn't win. He just figured out a way to get them to fight amongst themselves. And then he kind of rose from the ashes. So everyone was like, well, if we had ranked choice voting in any States or in any sort of process here, Donald Trump would not have been the nominee. And I, we don't know how people were actually thinking at the time, but if, if your assumption is that people don't want Donald Trump to be the nominee in 2016, that they want first Rubio, second Kasich, third Bush, then you're like, okay, well then Trump would have been eliminated somewhere in here. Yeah, well, and, and you know, it's, it's a really interesting thing that people kind of speculate that that ranked choice voting would have gotten rid of Trump because I, I think it's fair to say that Trump represents an extreme position. And, you know, guys, I, I, I don't have time for that. But what I do have time for is going back to this Hill article. And remember, the headline from this thing said that ranked choice voting actually rewards extremists. So you here you have a guy who though he is not an outsider positioned himself as one and though he doesn't have a coherent political like posture doesn't have any kind of like policy chops i don't think he really even knows what policy means or is but he positions himself in this like kind of culture war political point of view kind of that like is like a rep- ceo kind of thing yeah yeah, like he doesn't really know what they do there, but he's going to have the consistent messaging. His messaging is like it, it clearly identifies with the extreme right of the of the political spectrum. So the thinking in this case that he would have been somehow eliminated in ranked choice voting, actually, the logic seems to kind of work in the opposite direction. So, so yeah. So according to the Hill article, the, the ranked choice voting makes it more difficult to elect moderate candidates because the polarization is actually kind of reinforced. So so they give an example here. So there's a three-person race. There's a moderate candidate, and there are two extreme candidates. Okay. So in, in, in this hypothetical case, if the moderate candidate is preferred <sighs> by you know versus the extreme candidates by a majority of voters, voters with far left and far right views are going to mark that candidate in second place instead of first place. And since ranked choice or ranked, ranked choice voting only counts that top position, <sighs> It's not it's not like a weighted thing where it's like, you know, like college football, the the AP ballot system is like you know, it, it's a weighted thing where there's X number of points that go out for first place and X number of points that go out for second place. And it's a total tally of points. No, no, no. It's not like that. Ranked choice voting only counts the number of first place votes. So people who are at the extremes will rank their candidate ahead of the moderate candidate and they'll place the moderate candidate in second place. And since ranked choice voting counts only the number of first place votes, the moderate would be eliminated in the first round, leaving one of the extreme candidates to be declared the winner because the moderate would have fewer like fewer sure. first place votes. And this article that you're saying that, that came out of the Juno, what was it, the Juno Sun? Juno Empire. Weird. Empire. The Juno Empire. Sorry. Sorry, Alaska. Yeah, I, uh, Alaska. I need to have more respect for, for journalism up there. Yeah. So the, the, according to this article, uh, this is exactly note, just, what I, happened I in Alaska. You, they just won a Pulitzer Prize up there in Alaska like a year ago. In At the Empire? I don't know about the Empire, but it was some really good enterprise reporting about the insane lack of first responders in Alaska. It would blow your mind. Oof. Yeah. All right. We well, maybe we'll get into that someday. Just, shout out to Alaska Journalism. So this, this theoretical situation where the moderate candidate gets kicked out because even though most people prefer the moderate candidate, yeah. the people with the extremes are going to rank the moderate second. Uh, that, that's exactly what happened in Alaska. So I, I, I want to get the names right here. Yeah. 
This is uh, Pelota. Yes, I think it's Pelota. I think. Or Pelota, perhaps. Sorry. Uh, so there, uh, Mel Peltola. Peltola. Oh, yeah. So right. this is this is Democratic Party candidate Mary Peltola. Uh, she defeated two Republicans. She defeated Nick uh, Begich. Sorry, I don't follow Alaska politics either. And she also defeated uh, Russia's least favorite neighbor, Sarah Palin. <laughs> uh, and she was favored to win. Uh, but the argument is that her victory was the result of extremist bias uh, as a result of the system. So Peltola was declared the election winner under a ranked choice voting system. But the more moderate candidate, who is Begich, was preferred by a majority of the electorate. So in the official election results, the, so this is the official results, Begich received 52,000 first place votes compared with 74,000 for Peltola and 58,000 for Palin. So, but the problem is when you compare that to anonymized data made available to the public by the Alaska Division of Elections, which the authors of the Hill article, uh, Nathan Atkinson and Scott Gans did, when you compare that to voting data, uh, the problem is that if you if you look at the ballots, yeah. So they they said uh, a data set that includes a complete ranking of candidates for every scanned ballot in the election comprises over ninety nine percent of the total ballots found. They found that Begich won head to head contests against Peltola by over eight thousand votes. So head to head, when it's just those two people, Begich actually wins, and when it's head to head against Palin. Begich wins by 38,000 votes. That's a lot. So, right. So this system incentivized extremists, or well, it, it didn't incentivize extremists. It gave an advantage to people who are in on the opposite ends of the, the kind of political spectrum. It suppresses moderate candidates. And you can do that, and you can see that result clearly when you compare to like the head-to-head -head results. I mean, it, it's, it's clear that like the way that you play the game, like the rules that you play affect the outcome of the contest yeah and i think uh, that's that's worth considering when figuring out like well you know what what's truly the most representative of the people who are uh, who are casting ballots here like is this w which of these systems is really the best form of democracy is it doing direct comparison or is it but is it actually siphoning people off into parties and ha having elections that way uh I don't know. It seems to me that uh, it's it, it's it's just odd that somebody could lose two head-to-head -head contests and then lose in the general election when everybody's pitted together. Yeah, it's sort of like how Alabama snuck into the college football playoff and is going to win the national championship, despite probably maybe not even being the top six team in the country. But here we are. So that's part of the problem in Alaska is that this, and then this, it, I think both things can be true here because in in the Alaska election. There was theoretically multiple parties at play here, like the different candidates on different sides. There's a moderate candidate. There's an extremist candidate in the Republican example that we were citing from 2016 with Bush and, and Rubio and Kasich and Trump. It would be like it's all contained within one bubble. So theoretically, because there are three or four, the math changes on where the quote unquote extremist candidate would be. So, for example, in the same election cycle on the other side of the aisle in the Democratic primary it was hillary clinton versus bernie sanders and what you're saying is with bernie sanders needs one or two other candidates and he would have destroyed hillary clinton despite perhaps there's some there's some reporting that there was probably like some aggressive nay perhaps illegal amount of collusion happening in the democratic party but we're not alleging anything of course that if bernie sanders was the 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 democratic version of donald trump on that side of the spectrum that he because there were fewer candidates that he would have benefited from this system because the, it it kind of dampens the moderate which would have been hillary clinton in the democratic party at this point in time well so th this is an example the, the alaska example is one that came out of a general election yes. and so it's it's difficult to make that comparison and I, I don't know if the same theory holds up if it's if it's like are you extreme or like really extreme yeah is it all uh, yeah. it, it, do you do you have to have the balance of extremes present in the ranked choice system in order to get this kind of like suppression of of moderates and so I, I i don't know if that's the case yep. it it doesn't it doesn't seem immediately obvious to me that that would be the inevitable result but i mean when when there are two extremes present it, it, it seems clear that the middle gets uh, kind of washed out by this system because we're only counting the first place votes so let's go back to alaska and consider this opinion um which was from actually i think it was published 
as we record this today by Trent England and Jason Sneed from the Juno Empire. And part of the problem that they consider, and when you're among your, your conclave of nerds in Washington, D.C., everyone understands what's going on and things are explained to you clearly, and you get multiple rounds of it because you get to revote. When all you're doing is ranking candidates on a ballot, there's a lot of opportunity for error. And let me be clear, voter turnout is discouraging, nay, embarrassing in the United States of America. Like We're so high on the hog that we take for granted how big a deal it is to be able to vote for shit. So people don't do it. The The problem that, the, that, that, that Trent and Jason were writing in the Juno Empire was that a lot of people didn't understand. So the wrong candidate was elected compared to who the people wanted to be elected. And it wasn't because of ranked choice voting. It was because they didn't understand which bubble meant first place. So as a result of that, where they were filling in things like second, third, and fourth, but leaving first place blank, the computer didn't read it part properly. The computer is, if in the in the absence of a first place bubble being filled or whatever, the computer is automatically supposed to bump everything up. So second is one, and, and third is second, and et cetera. It didn't do that. So the wrong person won the, uh, once they analyzed the ballots by hand, and they were like, well, what the hell? And like, how much is reasonable? What's, what's the reasonable expectation for an electorate of anything that to participate like I I don't feel bad if the 12 Supreme Court people of college football should have to understand how ranked choice voting works and it should take them all day that's fine the person that's working on oil rigs off the coast of off the Bering Strait trying to fill his ballot in on his Tuesday he should not it should be self-explanatory and even if this is a better system clearly the tech and also the education are they're missing yeah when and <laughs> I think that's where we run into the kind of like the, the, the pros and cons of this system really do kind of clash up against each other. So on on the one hand, so if you think back to like the 2016 election, uh, that was when Gary Johnson and uh, Jill Stein were the kind of like third right. and other third party candidates. Right, right. And uh, so that was that was the famous uh, Clinton Trump election. Uh, and I remember making a joke to I was in grad school at the time. I remember making a joke to a professor that all those wasted votes that Hillary got that could have gone to Gary Johnson <laughs> and had him be president. And it's it's a shame that she was siphoning off votes from from that candidate. But so, I mean, really, that that is kind of like the logic that is supposed to be part of the rationale for ranked choice voting is that the system kind of reduces wasted votes. So uh, th this is looking at ranked vote dot co. Okay. So this is you know, an like advocacy site. site. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there, there's a clear position. I wonder here. where it's they kind stand of the opposite on this. Of the one. Well, it's kind of the opposite of the one that we've been presenting so far. Sure. Uh, so they, they say votes, uh, voters no longer have to play pundit when voting, which yeah. I mean, right. the editorializing there is crazy, but uh, they're, 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 they argue that you don't have to like game out who is the most electable or the most desirable candidate and kind of like vote strategically. So they say instead voters rank their most preferred candidate without fear of wasting their vote. If the most preferred candidate isn't viable, that candidate is eliminated and the votes move to their second rank choices. So basically what these guys are saying is that by having more decisions foisted onto the voter, then that will reduce the number of wasted votes. But there's another side to this coin and it's the exact opposite phenomenon. It's called ballot exhaustion. <laughs> you seen that in, uh, in your, no, your I research? No, I found ballot exhaustion. But I think I get yeah, what so it this is from ballot. Yeah, so this is from ballotpedia.org. Uh, ballot exhaustion occurs when a ballot is no longer countable in a tally as all the candidates marked on the ballot are no longer in the contest. Whoa. This can occur as part of ranked choice voting when a voter has ranked only candidates that have been eliminated, even though other candidates remain in the contest. As voters are not required to rank all candidates in an election, this is a plausible outcome. In cases where a voter has ranked only candidates that didn't make it to the final counting, the voter's ballot is said to have been exhausted. So on the one hand, you give the op you, as a voter, you get the opportunity to demonstrate preference for a multitude of candidates instead of just saying, I'm casting my ballot for this person because I think he or she is the best candidate or because I think he or she is the most likely to get elected or I'm trying to vote strategically here. So ranked choice voting... Advocates will say, yeah, you, this actually kind of eliminates the need for doing that. You just list everybody that you think should be on the ballot, and then you're good to go. But ballot exhaustion is the reality that's like, well, you know, you, you're not required to vote for, to rank everybody that's running. And it's possible that all the people that you like are going to get picked off right away because they're not as popular or because they're not as extreme in some cases. And so you end up having your vote 
actually literally not count in the case of wasted in the in the case of wasted votes i mean it's it, it, it that's a that's a silly phrase to me and it's one that like kind of undercuts the whole point of democracy like there's no such thing as a wasted votes there are just candidates who don't get the outcome that they desire like the whole point of voting is to express your like it's 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 an affirmation of your fundamental rights like your dignity that that should be inherent as a human person like it took centuries of struggle for everybody to be able to get that right in america and i mean and you know this is far and away in world history like the quickest that that's ever happened and the, and the, the easiest that that's ever happened and it was still just a herculean struggle yes. there's still still challenges to it today so to to say that like somebody's vote is wasted because his or her candidate lost i mean that's just such a that's a silly thing and it complete like it discourages people from voting in the future and this the, the, promoting ranked choice voting as, as as like a panacea to that like oh well with this system that happens to favor the most extreme candidates and therefore favors people who are most likely to sign up to do like civil campaigning it, because it favors those type of uh, of candidates then it reduces the number of wasted votes but actually it can end up being the case where like your vote actually genuinely does not count because there's a like null and void before it even counted right yeah. so it's it it truly is wasted in the sense that you you didn't have a say it was just you just didn't rank anybody that was deemed popular by anybody else so it ends up being the same result and i i, I just I, I don't understand the like to, to me that argument is a wash it's like you you can't advertise for reducing the number of wasted ballots when in fact there are plentiful wasted it ballots seems to me and in some cases you don't need ranked choice voting and a two-party system because they're kind of the same thing at the end of the day, instead of ranking your candidates among a political party, everyone's thought is, well, I hate most of these candidates, but I really hate the Democrats. So which one's going to kick their ass in the election? That one is going to win, or that's the one that I want, or that's the extremist one that I'm behind. So if you had ranked choice among the party, it doesn't really matter because you're just going to either vote for the extreme candidate or the one that's going to win, and you're not voting necessarily for who you want to be president of the United States. You're voting based on ulterior motives anyway. So the only way that this can kind of work is if there are no parties or there are like 25 parties and you're just like, okay, well, who's the best president? There's one election, no primaries, just one. Yeah. And you know, that, that doesn't really make sense. I right. mean, the, sure. the, the notion of no political parties, like I, I, I follow your logic and I, I, I think I agree with you. It's just that, I mean, that's just not how politics no. works. I mean, the political organizing is the, the foundational principle of public governance. I mean, you, you can't have politics without organization. There's no, I mean, that, that, that's, that's nonsense. I'm not saying that we should like, like get rid of the party. It's like, it's like, like having redundant. It's like having football without an offense. It's like, well, you know, then you're playing a different game. Yeah. Like Iowa, you just punt. <laughs> just punt. I uh, I'm 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 very proud of myself for not uh, uh-huh. not welching on a bet. I know I'm not welching because I lost and I'm deciding to do it. I'm not welching because I won the bet. Uh-huh. I confidently agreed to shave my left eyebrow if Iowa won the game. Uh, as I recall, Iowa didn't score. play score score. <laughs> Same thing. Same difference. Yeah, 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 that was dumb. Okay. I made a lot of money on that game myself. So, real quick, I think how much of the general election doldrums are we in as a country is just a result of this two-party system and having to vote on who's going to win the election. Because I remember very strongly, I'm not going to get into politics, but in one of the last two elections, well, there was a candidate. I think we're a little past that. Very, very, well, I'm not going to get into like issues. There was All one right. candidate I was very, 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 very strongly. And like the first time I've ever donated, it was like 100 bucks, And I was like, I really want this person to be president in the United States. And it was sometime between 2016 and 2024, so I'm not going to help you out with that at all. But there was one person I really wanted, and like that person, I was like, this person should, I think this person should be president. But no chance that they even get out of the party. There's no fucking chance at all. Um, they're going to be top two or three. No chance. There's no chance. So like, why, why, do I, why, why try? Like, it's not going to happen. Well, you know, ranked choice voting would theoretically give that candidate more of a chance then because sure, yeah. even though even though you're right, I mean, your candidate's not likely to get a majority support. So if we do the primary system when it's, you know, it's it's all against all within the party and then you end up with like one champion at the end. Well, well in a ranked choice system, like, I don't know, maybe there are a lot of people who have that candidate as their second or third choice. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Who's I, to say? That's what, what within, I, that's within the party about it, but that's about it. That's about it. It's kind of encouraging, yeah. but you know, I don't know. Yeah, truly. So, and, and I, I think, you know, the, the, the thing to take away from this about ranked choice voting is that it is not the like genius solution that 
advocates of it would like, like I, I think the case for it gets overstated. Yeah. And you know, maybe, maybe it is appropriate. Like that's kind of the beauty of having this, uh, this system of, you know, federal and state kind of balance between governance authorities. Like people who live and work in specific areas of governance called states get to decide for themselves how they want to rank and how they want to be represented at the at the highest levels of government so you know if it works for san francisco or cambridge or alaska or wherever that's fine but to say that it's like the ultimate best system i mean clearly there's a there's a political bias in the results and clearly it doesn't necessarily reflect uh the ideal perfect solution so even the advertisement that it like somehow gets a a a truer or a purer result is i think misplaced and the, the the case is a little bit overstated yeah i think it i think it has a very specific application and i think that if it were going to be used in a grand scale in america it should be used either for the primary elections or the college football playoff whenever you're narrowing down a big field into a small field that makes more sense than like picking the winner i think because in a lot of these alternatives and getting rid of the electoral college th- those are ideas often pitched by lo- the losers of elections which is just like well you didn't hit the pavement hard enough. You didn't pitch people hard enough. You didn't lobby hard enough. And like you're, you're being a bit of a sore loser. Like, well, what if we did rank choice voting? Well, your candidate didn't crush it. And they could have, and other people did. Like, Donald Trump become president. That's campaigning. That's working hard. It's being smart. It's disruption. Your candidate didn't do that. So now you want to change the system? You want to take the football and go home? Like, no. Like, there are applications for it, I think. And I, I, and I, I it's, it's college football. You got 25 teams. Go team by team and rank them and eliminate them. Rank them and eliminate them. Rank them and eliminate them. But for for picking, you know, your governor, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that it's any different than just voting once. Well, for for college football, I mean, the, the obvious difference here is the one that people just don't seem to be interested in at which all. Is who which won is, that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. There's there, like college football is so like I'm. I I told you before we started recording the show. I'm I'm not. I'm not watching college football bowl games this year because it's so based on money and it's so based on nonsense. We get these bowl matchups like Oregon is playing something called Liberty. They're undefeated. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. So I don't, I don't have time University for that. Washington, like, yeah. And like it just, it, it, it doesn't, the, the whole point of football is to enjoy a contest between teams to see who can score more points than the other within a set of rules and regulations and time. So to like, to say that that's now has to be tied to like, the eye test or analytics or whatever else like that. It, it literally, I'm, I'm, I'm not overstating the case here. It literally defeats the purpose of playing the game of football. Yeah. And it becomes about which analysts get the biggest paychecks and draw the most eyes and generate the most clicks and blah, blah, blah. And the, we, we, we suddenly have replaced the sport of football with two things, analysis, like the, the, the content about it. It's like, it's like, like in the big short, when they like the bets about the bets Mm -hmm. that scene with Selena Gomez playing blackjack and all those people, but like that has far surpassed the, the value of the content of the actual sporting event. And then the second thing is sports figures where it's like personalities. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, president is a contest of like who's most popular and like, who do you want to have a beer with or whatever? It's like sports is about, it's about the personalities that are playing. And like, they don't talk about, the Lakers on ESPN, they talk about LeBron. Yeah. They don't talk about Florida state. They talk about Travis Jordan. And that's just, it's so, it's so silly and so wasteful. And it's just, it, it defeats the purpose of the sport. And I just, I can't do it anymore. And so that like, like the, the, the notion of like ranked choice voting for college football results, get the fuck out of here, play the game on the field and respect the results that the teams attain. That's the end of the story. I mean, that, that really is the end of the story. Every other sporting league, in the world does it that way only college football does it by guessing does it by assuming and has those it, those guesses and assumptions tied directly into financial interests it's the only place like it's the example of what not to do when you're trying to protect the integrity of something yeah and i think i'm I, mad I, I th- i'm mad i i call this the the gladiator game like it doesn't matter who wins it matters that people watch and the, the game right the real game is like getting more people to watch and like the, the, the more important thing, and this will tell you, like, all all teams are trying to win championships, but not really. All of them are trying to be relevant, which is, like, theoretically. All, the most important that, thing. And is, that, that's such a stupid abstraction. That that means nothing. It means a lot. It means, are, do you have, like, so when, the when say, for example, when 
the Philadelphia Phillies signed Bryce Harper. Is he going to win a championship? Maybe yes, maybe no. But asses are in seats, eyeballs are on TVs, and that is factually more. The most important thing about being in business is turning a profit, not winning championships. So, like, they could yeah, uh, hide underneath this, 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 this mess of the, the NCAA understands that Alabama is worth millions more in a cash payment money than Florida State, and that's the end of the conversation. Like, there's nothing else. It doesn't even matter. It's pointless. The game is not the game. The game is getting people to watch the game. Yeah, and that's that's such a cynical, broke-ass take. I'm not even going to respect that. It's, I, I just, it's not I, a I can't, take. I'm like, telling you it's happening. I, I, I'm witnessing it happening, but yes, that doesn't make it, that doesn't mean it's good. And that doesn't, and that doesn't mean it's important either. That's just what the interests are saying. Like Elon Musk's opinions aren't important. They're no. very stupid. It's just that everybody hears about them because he happens to have the most money. Like that's, that, that's totally put it like uh, somebody made this analogy to me the other day. They said uh, that, they, Oh yeah. So-and-so is building a fleet of carts before they have a dozen horses. Like, there's there's no there's no substance here. And then today, as we're recording this, uh, as, as of like breaking I don't know, news? twelve hours ago, eleven hours. Well, not not breaking news, yeah, but it was right. earlier today. The NCAA has proposed a new college athletics subdivision yeah, yep. rooted in direct athlete compensation. So the USA Today headline: NCAA proposing paying athletes through trust fund a new subdivision. Nick, we as a country need to just have the courage to say. We want minor league football with people wearing our college colors. And that's it. Well, Stop this nonsense about college sports, college this and that. We want people to be paid to play a sporting contest, except we want them to be wearing the regalia of institutions that we associate with fond memories. You're almost that's there. It. You're almost there. You're forgetting a really key and important part. So in the professional sports leagues in America that have minor league sports, which are basketball, baseball, and hockey. And this is the most important thing. There are owners that pay for that. Like the most important thing that colleges like your college, like my college too, but mostly like your college. And like there are about 20 of them that are at that level. The NFL is not fucking paying for it. As soon as Notre Dame understands like it's going to be a $20 million a year salary cap and you're doing it, the NFL is not helping them. And it, once that happens, once like Alabama and Notre Dame and USC and Florida and everybody understands we're shelling this out. The NFL is not coming to the rescue. They're not going to pay players. They're not paying agents. Like this is on our balance sheet. Then we can have that conversation. But I think what's happening is that everybody's kind of there's there's a chicken game of chicken happening. Like okay, well the NFL will want to draft him. We'll do a, we'll do a thing where like you have the, you do an entry draft and they have the rights to go play. But nope, NFL is not going to pay them money and the other leagues get money from the teams that all like the big famous teams that have also ownership stakes in their minor league teams and so right now college football is they've been trying not to have to pay the players because they want the nfl to do it and the owners like the ford family and the people that founded microsoft and the waltons are like no we're not doing it yeah, yeah well, I, I mean, I, whether the NFL pays players to do it or not, whether the whether the NFL is like shelling out money to like buy farm leagues, like it, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's that's what people are looking for. That's what people really want. Like, you know, like commentators like uh, like what's his name? Aaron Thomas. I have no idea. I can't, I, I can't remember that, that's that, that's not his name I'm, I'm trying I'm blanking on the guy's name but it's like well you know this this concept of amateurism has always been silly it's like well yeah like just man up then and say that you want minor league football like that's my my buddy Mike shout out to my buddy Mike I mean he proposed the, the easy solution to this it's like okay if the NFL is not going to pay fine well the colleges can still foot that bill the alumni can still foot that bill and put their money where they want uh, then the solution is like okay create the University of Alabama Athletic Club yep and have it affiliated with the university. Like, don't don't have these kids going to school. They don't give a shit about school. No. They're 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 not there for that. They're not they're not going to friggin' Tuscaloosa to go get a top quality education while playing a little football on the side. They're not going to USC so that they can study hard and earn good grades. Like, they're going to play football and get some exposure. And so make a make an athletics foundation that's like affiliated with the university and the NIL money comes through that and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but just have it be a minor league team. Just grow up about it. And that way they can keep all the same branding and all the same clothes and whatever else. That's and it's still football. Yep. And then we can stop with this nonsense of like ranking and guessing and stuff. It's like, well, they're football players now. They don't have to worry about like, well, you know, 
12 games a year, play 15 games a year, play a few more games, get a few more results. And we have a playoffs every year and we have an objective result and we don't have this wishy-washy nonsense. You make more money having three weeks longer in the season than you do having all these talk shows about rankings and whatever else. So like just grow a set and start minor league football. that's tied to the universities. Yeah. I mean, it's going to get, it's going to get, I mean, listen, I, I agree. And that's going to get that way. And the players are going to unionize, which like, that's how sports works in the yeah, at, the, at that at that point they're not at that point they're not college students anymore <laughs> no like, and they're not and they're employee, I mean, like I understand, there are there are a handful of schools and there are a handful of players on every team that goes to school and they take their education series but the vast majority don't they're not athletes they're not student athletes and their degrees no. are essentially no. worthless and yeah for sure anyway that was a big side tangent about college football as we as uh, uh, by the way Jaden Daniels Chris the favorite to win the Heisman trophy this is not rank choice voting it's just a ranking system and you get points for who you rank i think that um the lsu quarterback which would be the worst team to boast the heisman trophy winner in like 15 or 20 years or somewhere in there since tebow so it's been a long team time since the heisman trophy winner was on a mid-level team xavier watts should be the heisman winner he's the blitnik or he's the uh, bronco ligurski winner best defensive player he is the best player in college football i've never That's heard of it. this person yeah get the hell out of here no, I would vote for myself. I'd vote for you. Yeah, thanks, man. Second. Yeah.